48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The observatory says they expect to decide on whether to issue a number three signal later this evening. Ferdinand Marcos Jr. is sworn in as a new Philippine president almost 40 years after his father was toppled. And Russia's president accuses NATO of having imperial ambitions as the alliance promises to beef up support for Ukraine. The observatory will consider issuing the strong wind signal number three tonight and will leave the number one in place until 6 p.m. It says outer rain bands associated with Chaba have brought more than 40 millimetres of rainfall in some areas. Senior scientific officer Cheng Ping says winds will strengthen and showers will be more frequent at night and predicted more of the same over the long weekend. Over the weekend, showers will be heavier times and weather is expected to remain unsettled next week under the influence of an active southerlies. There will be swells. You are advised to stay away from the shoreline and not to engage in water sports. Please complete necessary precautions against strong winds and flooding. The government has announced that the next chief executive, John Lee, and senior government officials will attend a flag-raising ceremony tomorrow to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the SAR. The flag-raising ceremony will be held at Golden Bauhinia Square in Wanchai at 8am. Following the ceremony, the inaugural ceremony for the 6th term government will be held at the Convention and Exhibition Centre. Golden Bauhinia Square and the nearby area will be designated a restricted zone by the police. Only holders of valid passes will be allowed entry. Health officials say one person tested positive and one result was indeterminate during an overnight lockdown of Block 1 Elegance Garden in Taipo. They said 619 people were tested during the lockdown. Turning overseas, Ferdinand Marcos Jr. has been sworn in as the new president of the Philippines. It marks a return to power for Mr. Marcos's family 36 years after his father was toppled by a popular revolt. From Manila, here's the BBC's Howard Johnson. Bongbong Marcos has promised this idea of unity for the country to bring the North and the South together with his running mate, Vice President Sara Duterte, the daughter of outgoing President Rodrigo Duterte. Now, this morning, Bongbong Marcos met up with Rodrigo Duterte as a handover ceremony at the Malacanang Palace. And lots of people believe that there will be continuity between the two governments because Rodrigo Duterte's political point of view is very aligned with the Marcos family. It's all about law law and order, punitive policies, authoritarianism, strongman politics, if you will. And there's also this idea that the economy has to recover off the back of the pandemic. The American singer R. Kelly has been sentenced to 30 years in jail after a trial in which he was found to have used his fame and position to sexually abuse women and children. He trafficked people between U.S. states over the course of two decades. Prosecutors said the performer was a prolific sexual predator. Gloria Allred represented several of R. Kelly's accusers. All of my clients, who were, by the way, the majority of the victims who testified in this case, were very courageous as they testified and were cross-examined. Together they were able to fight his power by becoming empowered young women themselves. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, has accused NATO of having imperial ambitions as the Western alliance promises to boost support for Ukraine. Speaking in Turkmenistan, Mr. Putin told journalists that NATO members had no interest in Ukrainians' well-being. He said Russia would respond in kind to any additional military deployments in Sweden and Finland, which are in the process of joining the alliance. It's Mr. Putin's first known trip outside Russia since the start of the war. At a summit in Madrid, the head of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, promised support for Ukraine for as long as it takes.
President Zelensky made clear that Ukraine relies on our continued support. And our message to him was equally clear. Ukraine can count on us for as long as it takes. The British Parliamentary Committee has called for a big increase in resources to enforce sanctions against Russia, saying assets laundered in London are helping finance the war in Ukraine. Britain has sanctioned a large number of Russian individuals and businesses since the conflict erupted. Here's the BBC's Gordon Carrera. It is shameful that it has taken a war to galvanise the government into action on dirty money flowing into the UK, the Foreign Affairs Committee says. Its report, entitled The Cost of Complacency, says that for all the rhetoric about clamping down and sanctioning Russian oligarchs, not enough action has so far been taken. In particular, the committee says there is a mismatch between the measures announced and the resources available to law enforcement to go after their targets. A substantial increase in funding for the National Crime Agency and serious fraud office is needed, it says, or the risk is that they will be toothless. A court in France has found the sole survivor of the group that carried out the 2015 Islamist attacks in Paris guilty of terrorism and murder. Salah Abdeslam has been sentenced to a full life term in prison. Of the 19 others standing trial with him, all but one were found guilty of involvement in the attacks, which killed 130 people. Nathalie Dubois, whose brother died that night, gave her reaction to the verdict. I'm quite happy. We can never be happy in a way because of the terrible drama that happened in my, my family and all these other family and all the kids that are hurt. But at least it's some kind of positivity today. I wouldn't say it's a closure. I will say it's just a step further into maybe not healing completely, but being at peace in some way. Scientists and hydrographers are beating at the UN Ocean Conference in Portugal say nearly a quarter of the planet's seabed has now been mapped to a high standard. But they say governments and companies are slowing the compilation of a complete map because they fear revealing defence or commercial secrets. The BBC's Jonathan Amos explains why the data matters. We know the global surface shape of the Moon and Mars in more detail than we do of Earth. That's because 70% of our planet is covered by water, which stops satellites from making high-resolution observations of the ocean floor. Steadily, this is being corrected, as ships' sonars collect more and more depth data. The information is vital for safe navigation and marine conservation, and for understanding the climate. It's the oceans that move heat from the sun around the globe. Campaigners in the UK have criticised the use of plastic mesh screens to protect the prehistoric monument Stonehenge from birds. Jackdaws, a type of crow, have been causing problems at the UNESCO World Heritage Site, as the BBC's John Maguire reports. Like the ravens at the Tower of London, many see jackdaws as the natural custodians of Stonehenge. But English Heritage, which runs the site, says their population grew over lockdown. So, it's installed fine mesh plastic screens across some of the holes beneath the henge's lintels to prevent so many birds nesting. The fear is they'll damage some of the rare lichens and the stones themselves, but the decision has proved contentious with those who argue that it's cruel and unnecessary. The head of the World Health Organization has warned that monkeypox could begin to move into high-risk groups. The Director-General, Dr Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said that virus continued to spread to more countries outside Africa where it's endemic. 
The virus has now been identified in more than 50 new countries and that trend is likely to continue. I'm concerned about sustained transmission because it would suggest that the virus is establishing itself and it could move into high-risk groups including children, the immunocompromised and pregnant women. Google is facing action from 10 European consumer groups which accuse the tech giant of unfairly steering people towards what they call its surveillance system when they sign up for a Google account. Under EU law, consumers are guaranteed privacy by default. But the European Consumer Organization, which is coordinating the action, says users have to go through a complex 15-point procedure to turn off Google tracking. Business now and official data shows China's factory and services activity picked up in June, lifted by the easing of COVID-19 restrictions in major cities such as Shanghai and Beijing. The National Bureau of Statistics says the, the non-manufacturing purchasing managers index surged to 54.7 in June after three months in the doldrums. It's the first time since February that the reading was of the, above the 50-point mark, separating growth from contraction. It was also a marked improvement from the reading of 47.8 in May. Japanese drinks giant Kirin says it agreed to a buyout of its shares in a Myanmar joint venture with a junta-linked conglomerate, completing its exit from the market over the 2021 coup. Kirin said shortly after last year's coup that it would end its joint venture, Myanmar Brewery, with MEHPCL, citing its concern at the military's actions. Kirin's military ties had drawn criticism even before the coup. It launched an investigation after rights groups called for transparency into whether money from its joint venture had funded rights abuses. Currencies now and the US dollar is trading at 136.59 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 4 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 51 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 22,025. That's 15 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $69 billion. And it's time for a last look at sports. Several notable seeds crashed out of Wimbledon on day three. They include Britain's Andy Murray, who was beaten in four sets by the American John Isner. It's Murray's earliest exit from his home event, having won the tournament in 2013 and 2016. Isner says beating Murray is one of his greatest achievements. I am uh, most definitely uh, not a better tennis player than Andy Murray. I might have just been a little bit better than him today. Um, this was one of the biggest wins of my career, just given the atmosphere. It was fantastic. You guys were awesome and super respectful, so I appreciate that. And to, to play as well as I did against one of uh, our greatest players ever, Andy Murray, was um, a huge accomplishment for me. He's a massive inspiration to each one of us uh, in the locker room, and we're so lucky to still have him around. Isner will face the 10th seed, Janik Sinner, in the third round. And women's second seed, Annette Kontovite, is the highest seeded player to exit the tournament. She was beaten 6-4, 6-0 six, by Germany's Jul Niemeyer. Kontovite says having COVID earlier in the year hampered her preparations for Wimbledon. I had it a couple mo two months ago, I think, or something like that. Um, and then I tried to come back very quickly and I started training. I mean, it was low intensity, but I was still training every day and I think that was where I went wrong. I had, I don't know, a week to play tennis before a Grand Slam. So, of course, I'm not in the physical shape that I would like to be in. Gabin Mukarutha also made an early exit. The Spanish ninth seed who won the title in 2017 was beaten 6-4, 6-0 by Belgium's Grand Minen. 
The defending men's champion Novak Djokovic is safely through to the third round after beating Thanasi Kokonakis in straight sets. Djokovic, who's going for a fourth consecutive Wimbledon title, says the weather made it a difficult match. It was not easy to serve um, because of the, the wind. It was very swirly today on the court, so tough to toss the ball. But um, I think from my side, overall, uh, really, really high-quality performance. And I'm um, very pleased, quite pleased with the way I've uh, raised the level of tennis in two days. Hopefully I can keep that trajectory, just uh, getting better as the tournament progresses. Um, obviously just thinking about the next challenge and, uh, you know, hopefully things will get better and better as, as I move on. Hong Kong have named a squad of 29 players to face South Korea in the Asia Rugby Championship final. The July 9th decider in Incheon will be Hong Kong's first test since 2019. The eventual Asian champions advance to a one-off test against Tonga in late July. The winner of that match will directly qualify for the 2023 World Cup, while the losing side will have to go through an international playoff. Earlier this month, South Korea thrashed Malaysia 55-10 in Incheon. Hong Kong coach Lewis Evans named a squad that includes Sevens veteran Jack Neville, as well as hooker Alex Post, who was recently named man of the match in the Oxford versus Cambridge game. Hong Kong's Eastern can advance in football's AFC Cup if they pick up a point today against the Taiwanese side Tainan FC. The final match in Group J kicks off in Thailand at 6pm Hong Kong time. Eastern topped the group after winning the opening match against fellow Hong Kong side Lee Man. The four-time major champion Brooks Kepka says he decided to join the Saudi Arabian-backed Live Golf Series because he needed more time off. He, the second event of the Breakaway Series starts today in Oregon. Kopka, I'm sorry, Kepka has also responded to Rory McIlroy's criticism of those who left the PGA Tour to join the new comp- competition. Look, I got respect for Rory as a player. He's good. He's phenomenal. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it. I didn't hear about it till basically like a day ago. He's going to do what's best for him and his family. I'm going to do what's best for me and my family. And uh, can't hate on anybody for that. And like I said, opinions change, man. And on to the weather. It'll be mainly cloudy with squally showers and thunderstorms. We can expect moderate to fresh easterly winds. They'll be strong offshore and on higher ground later, and there will be swells. The outlook, squally showers and thunderstorms for the next few days. There'll be swells and strong winds tomorrow, and the showers will be heavy at times on the weekend. Currently, the temperature is 28 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 85%. The standby signal number one is in force, and the thunderstorm warning is also in effect. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The observatory says they expect to decide on whether to issue number three signal later this evening. And Ferdinand Marcos Jr. is sworn in as the new Philippine president. The news from RTHK. With music, news and information, this is Radio 3. Yeah.